0: everybody and welcome back to midweek musings this is episode seven week seven of the podcast which is absolutely crazy i don't even know what day i started this but it was a long time ago at this point point. and this episode should be going out on may 10th which is only like a week away at this point but i can't even fathom it being may 10th i don't know i'm just getting all sentimental about it <laughs> yeah so i think what i'm gonna do is make this the second to last episode so I'll record one more and that'll go out on my finals week so then basically after that it'll be done for the summer and then I'll be back in the fall the idea of midweek musings is to talk about questions that we all want to know the answer to but don't really have the time to research it so lucky for you I do all the research and you just get to sit back and listen A couple of weeks ago, I had a ton of fun asking people questions on my Instagram and talking about a lighter topic, so I wanted to try that again, this time with kind of a different idea. This week, we're going to be discussing word pronunciations and the differences in the words people say to refer to things. For example, do you say huge or huge? Like some people. (laughs) And then I want to talk about some of these differences as well as get to the bottom of why we have regional disparities in the way we talk and kind of about accents a little bit. So to start, let's talk about accents and why we develop them. There are certain words that I'll bring up later that are greatly affected by our accents, so it felt right to kind of start off with this topic. For example, people in the South are more likely to say ol instead of oil. You know what I mean? So the first thing to know is that everyone speaks with an accent. I've heard some people say that the Midwestern United States accent, basically how I speak, is the pure lack of an accent, but that's not true. According to Leeds Beckett University, everyone does speak with an accent, and the only reason that the upper Midwest is seen as not having one is because English dictionaries are based on the way that we speak. But if the dictionaries were based on another accent, everything would appear differently. It's just that it's framed as this being the baseline. Accents are part of like-minded pronunciations called a dialect. The two things that contribute most to developing your accent are human nature and isolation. Human nature refers to our innate love of being in groups. When a human is a part of a crowd, they identify membership by certain characteristics, and in this case, by the way that they speak. The isolation aspect refers to the fact that the group will eventually become divided or spread out over time, and that language will evolve into different dialects. We adapt and learn speaking patterns from the social communities we live in, so naturally if you grow up in Chicago, you will likely speak like a Chicagoan, to some degree, unless the people that you are close with, such as your family and friends, speak in a different accent, in which case you're more likely to talk like them. It's pretty simple how it works, and I'm guessing you probably already knew most of that. In addition, your accent will change and develop over time as you live and communicate in different areas with different people. A lot of the time your accent can actually serve as a social marker that signals your affiliation or distance from a certain group of people. For example, you've all heard about like college students that'll go overseas and take a semester in England and they'll come back and start speaking with a slight accent. That's just due to the fact that they lived among people who speak in a different accent than them and it can go away but sometimes it sticks. We don't really have control over our accent or speech patterns for the most part. But sometimes we can make conscious decisions to affect the way we speak, such as using a word more or less. I know, for example, a few years ago, I decided to try enunciating my words more. And I think that decision stuck because I tend to speak more articulated now than I did a few years ago. But this conscious decision doesn't really work when it comes to accents. It's not something you have control over. Now I would like to look at a few examples of accents because America has a few very distinct, well-known ones. But where did they come from? Let's take a closer look. And I'm also going to be doing a lot of interpretations of <laughs> these accents, so stick with me and hopefully I don't offend anybody. So the first one is the Boston accent, which is best known for dropping the R sound, such as, <laughs> okay, that, that works for now. Supposedly in colonial times, Massachusetts colonists were trying to imitate the highbrow norms of England's elite, so they dropped their R's which actually makes a lot of sense because fancy British accents oftentimes drop their R's as well. Next is the New York accent or one of them. Every time I hear a New York accent, I think of my sister and her really, really good Brooklyn accent. (laughs) Just kidding. It's not good. I should have invited her on as a guest just to do this accent for me. And maybe if I get fancy in editing, I can like put in a soundbite of her doing it. (laughs) Oh, So stay tuned for that. The New York accent also contains missing R sounds, but if I were going to write it out phonetically, I would write the R's as a W instead of as an H, like the Boston accent. Like, "pock" is Boston, but "pock" is more New York, if that makes sense. I'll be selling tickets later to my accent show. (laughs) So the New York accent comes from Southern Britain, but many believe it has Italian and Yiddish influence as well, which makes sense because I hear a lot of the Italian sound in that accent. Minnesota accents, on the other hand, have a tendency to draw out the O sound, such as in sorry or Minnesota, or Dakota. During the late 1800s and early 1900s, there was a sharp influx of immigrants from Germany and Scandinavia to the upper Midwest regions, which is where this influence comes from. The story of the Texas accent is very interesting. This accent began in 1820, when Spain opened the Texas province for foreign settlers. Lured by cheap land, immigrants from the U.S. poured in, and many more came from Mexico later. And with them, people brought their accents. Those from Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama spoke with the Lower South dialect, while those from Kentucky and Tennessee spoke with the South Midland dialect. Spanish speakers were there as well. (laughs) In time, all of these accents would meld into Texas's very own vernacular. One indicator of this way of speaking is vowel merging. For example, the words far and fire both sound the same, far. So as you can see, much of the way we speak in the United States is owed to the people who settled here from other countries, thus creating the many regional dialects we now have in this one country. The next segment kind of goes along with the whole accent conversation, but it's not completely the same thing. I wondered why we use different words to describe the same things. This isn't about pronunciation, it's about completely different words, so I was curious why that was. For example, a drinking fountain can also be a water fountain or a bubbler, depending on where you live. And not only do these differences exist, but people tend to hold strong opinions about the words they say. I know I do, but we'll get into that later. (laughs) Again, this idea goes back to where you grew up. Because, remember what I said about isolation? If a group of people are isolated and spread out from other groups, they will develop their own dialect over time. It's one of those things you can't really put a finger on why it happens. What makes somebody call the drinking fountain a bubbler, you know? What? (laughs) Like, where did they get the word bubbler from? We don't know. But once it is given time to develop, the regional differences become clear. Here are a few examples, and then I'll get into the word pronunciation debates, which is why you came here, I already know. Apparently in the Northeast, people refer to a lollipop as a lollipop, but in the Midwest and Southern states, it's a sucker. I personally call it a sucker, and only a lollipop when I'm trying to be fancy. You know those blended ice cream drinks? I call them milkshakes, and so do most people I know, and most people in the United States, but people in New England refer to them as frappes. But to me, a frappe is a different thing altogether. That's like a drink from Starbucks. Even worse, (laughs) in New England, a glass of plain chocolate milk is called a milkshake. And to be honest, I wouldn't be upset if I ordered a milkshake and was given a glass of chalky milk because, honestly, that'd be a welcome surprise, I think. And also in New England, sprinkles are referred to as jimmies. And tennis shoes are referred to as sneakers. (laughs) And also, traffic circles and roundabouts are called rotaries. From what I understand, a lot of the weird words come from New England or from the Deep South, which I didn't mention a lot of, but from what I found online, that's true. Not to judge, of course. That's just what I found in my research. And Obviously, these words only sound weird and foreign to me because I've grown up speaking a certain way my whole life, and so I can't even really say anything about the words other people use because, to them, my words probably sound weird. It's all about your frame of reference. Bearing that in mind, let's get into my Instagram polls. Similarly to the food controversies episode, which was three weeks ago now? Two or three weeks ago. I made several polls on my Instagram, this time for people to vote on how they pronounce a certain word or what you or what word they use to refer to a certain item. I want to talk about each one, give my opinions, share the results, and then maybe a little background into the results. Also, I haven't looked at any of the results yet, so this will be my true blind reaction. I've always wanted to do a blind reaction, so (laughs) here we go. I'm not really sure how to go about sharing these polls because it involves me pronouncing the words. So I'm gonna try to say them in the most neutral way possible and then pronounce it both ways that I gave in my poll as an option. So if you didn't get the chance to vote, you can still think about which way you say it. The first one was an egg. Do you say egg or egg? Like with an A sound at the beginning. Personally, I say egg. Unless I'm feeling sassy, then a little egg might slip out. So according to my poll, 73% of people said egg. And honestly, this one is kind of tricky because it's so... Both pronunciations are so similar that I think most people probably say both. But... I also mostly know midwesterners and midwesterners are more likely to say egg. So yeah, that's all I had about that one. Moving on. The next one is those waxy things that you drew with as a kid. Are they crayons or crayons? I say crayon because a couple years ago I made the conscious decision to start saying it that way because that's how it's spelled. So I kind of got all weird about it. I was like, why do I say crayon when it's crayon? How annoying of me, (laughs) honestly. According to my poll, 65% of people said crayon, while 35% said crayon. People from some parts of the United States, particularly the Midwest and West Coast, say cran, as in cranberry. The pronunciation has become more common among younger generations who often have less exposure to traditional English language conventions. So I think that's just its way of saying that crayon is correct grammatically in in English. Take it from the English major, you know. The reason for the crayon, as in cranberry, pronunciation is because of the influence of the French-derived crayon, which is pronounced by the distinct nasal vowel sound. In addition, some Americans may be influenced by the pronunciation of crayon and other languages, such as Spanish and Portuguese, which both say crayon, as in cranberry. So basically, it sounds like a lot of the people that say crayon are influenced by other languages, while crayon is the correct English way to say it. Very interesting. Moving on. The next question was about the chewy candy that's a light brown color. Is it caramel or caramel? I say caramel all the way. In my opinion, the second A is pronounced really quickly when you say it. I don't think it needs to be pronounced dramatically as in caramel. So it's like basically caramel, you know what I mean? But the second A comes out really fast, so it's just caramel. And I've always thought the pronunciation caramel is a little annoying and over the top, but that's also coming from somebody who takes great pride in saying crayon. So (laughs) do with that what you will. According to my poll, 88% of people say caramel. That is quite the majority. And I'm very proud of people for that one. I don't really have much else to share about that one. I wasn't able to find a whole lot of, like, regional disparities. It kind of seems like it might just be a personal thing or, like, a who you surround yourself with. But it sounds like most people I know say caramel. So, good job, guys. <laughs> How about the maple stuff you pour over your pancakes? Is it syrup or syrup? I've always said syrup, and I didn't even realize that it could be pronounced syrup until I watched the movie Elf. When he says, I love syrup. And as a kid, I was really unsettled by that. I just was so confused why anyone would pronounce it that way. So, I don't know. I think it has to be syrup. According to my poll, 75% of people said syrup, while 25% said syrup. And apparently for this one, there is a correct pronunciation. The correct pronunciation of the word syrup is syrup. And this is due to the roots from the French and Latin words syrupus. Hope I'm saying that right which is also the source of the English word syrup. Some people mistakenly pronounce it syrup, but that's incorrect, because it's not from the root. However, this alternate pronunciation has become quite common in the US, and so you'll hear people say it both ways, despite the correct pronunciation being syrup. And let me just say, when I learned that, I think I died a little on the inside. I've been saying it wrong my whole life, and I don't really plan on changing it, because it sounds like most people I know say syrup anyways, so... Yeah, do with that what you will, change your pronunciation or don't, but the correct way to say it is syrup. Moving on, we have what I can only describe as the white version of broccoli. Do you say cauliflower or cauliflower? I've always said cauliflower, and most of my family has as well. On the contrary, everyone else I know, for the most part, pronounces it cauliflower. My mom always said growing up that people from Dubuque, Iowa say it the same way we do, cauliflower. Which is where my parents are from. And so far, that theory has held up. Everybody that I know from Dubuque says cauliflower. According to my poll, 77% of people say cauliflower. And I feel like this one has a correct pronunciation, but the guy in the pronunci- the guy in the pronunciation video I was watching said coalflower. As in like the name coal and then flower. And I just have never heard anybody say that. So I'm just gonna continue to say cauliflower, allow people to say cauliflower, because honestly, they're not that different. Coalflower, that's just not right. And I refuse to accept it as correct. So if you if you know someone who says coal flower, the next one is the extremely clear blue ocean, which is also where pirates go. <laughs> is it the Caribbean or the Caribbean? I say Caribbean. 76% of people said Caribbean so I'm just gonna say 76% of you are wrong because pirates of the Caribbean that's that's my literally my only evidence is that the entire time in pirates of the Caribbean they say Caribbean you don't hear Elizabeth Swann being like the fastest ship in the Caribbean she says the fastest ship in the Caribbean that was the worst accent I've ever done but that's how they say it so moving on The next question I had about pronunciations is about the little brown nut. Do you say pecan, 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 or pecan? There's even more variations than that, but I just picked the four most common in my poll. I honestly don't even know which way I say it because it's changed a few times over the years. I'm fairly certain I say pecan, most frequently, though, so that's what I voted in my own poll. (laughs) According to my results, the highest one was 47%, and they said pecan. That's actually kind of surprising to me, but the second highest was 38%, and they say pecan, so the other two, pecan and pecan, got almost no votes, which makes sense because I don't think I've really heard many people pronounce it that way anyways. Apparently, the pecan... Wow, I just said pecan, though. I don't even know which way I say it. (laughs) Apparently, the pecan has a long history of confusing pronunciations. When the Spanish explorers first found the pecan in southeastern Texas, those explorers called them nuts or walnuts, but the Spanish version, obviously. The French explorers later found that the natives called them pecans, but many different groups had different names for them. French words like to stress the second syllable, while English stresses the first. So, while we were trying to make pecan into an English word, they tried to shift this stress to the first syllable so that it would be English. This only stuck in different areas though, which is why there's still so many ways to say it. So, pecan puts the stress on the second syllable and that's like the French version, versus like pecan, which is the Englishified version because it switches the stress to the first syllable. In different areas of the US, we also put stresses on different syllables. Like in the South, they that tend to put a heavy stress on the first syllable. Like cigar becomes cigar, for example. All of that is very, a very confusing and convoluted way to say that there is really no right way to say pecan because there's never been a right way to say it. It's been different from the beginning. Next, I had to ask about soft drinks because it's such a controversial topic. Do you say soda, pop, or coke? And you already know I say soda and I will always say soda. I hate the idea of calling it pop because I, 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 will, I will get up on my high horse about this one because pop is like, like, how can that be a drink? Soda is a drink. I'll even acknowledge Coke as a correct way to say it because technically Coke is a kind of soda. So like, it's fine. But pop is just gross. According to my results, 64% of people said pop. said soda, and 0% said coke. I'm not shocked by those results, though, because I happen to know a lot of people from the Midwest, and so I'm not surprised that I didn't get anyone that said coke. According to a study done by The Atlantic, soda is most commonly used in the far west, the northeast, Florida, and parts of Missouri and Illinois. Pop is used all the way from Washington throughout most of the west and midwest, and coke is most commonly used from Texas and in the southern states south of Kentucky. All of that pretty much clocks with what I thought going in. I am surprised that soda is said in Missouri and Illinois, and I think that must be where, like, where I get soda from, because I don't think I have any relatives that are from the northeast or the far west, but I'm guessing I do have some from Missouri and Illinois. All right, so that brings me to my last question, and this is the one. This is the one I'm going to be using in my title because it's the craziest debate that I could find. It's so heated. And for what? I don't know. But the question is, is the stuff from cows pronounced milk or milk? (laughs) I say milk. It's actually embarrassing because I'm pretty sure that's wrong. I've always been pretty sure it's wrong. I don't really care how it's spelled. I don't care that it's spelled with an I. I'm going to keep saying milk, okay? I will. According to my poll... 82% of people say milk, that cannot be right, I don't believe that, 18 say milk, I know, I swear, I know more people that say, that say milk than that, now I'm like looking through all the different people that said milk, because I don't, that is not right, it's like, I've heard you people say milk before, don't even act like you're better than me, (laughs) This one has a pretty interesting history that I want to share with you though because it will make you understand my point of view of saying milk. Some states in the U.S., primarily in the Midwestern or Great Lakes region, say milk instead of milk when referring to the dairy product. This variation of pronunciation is most commonly heard in Wisconsin and Michigan, although nearby states such as Minnesota and Iowa also use milk. The difference in pronunciation may be due to accents and the German heritage presence in these areas. As the use of German-based words in English became more common among Americans with German ancestry, some Germans and other immigrants from Central Europe who moved to this region may have quite naturally shortened the word milk to "milk." But the point is, it's not just me. It's a lot of people. And a lot of people with German ancestors are more likely to say it that way, so I think people who... um. People who say milk should be proud of that because it's their heritage. All right, now that I've gotten on my high horse about how to say a a dairy product, I think it's time to end this episode. This has been a fun one though and I always love seeing what people have to say in my polls because I'm actually getting quite a lot of people to participate and that's really fun for me. So thank you for tuning in this week and hopefully I'll see you back one more time this semester next Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. on 106.1 KALAFM or wherever you get your podcasts if you can't listen live. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time on Midweek Musings. This podcast was recorded at the studios of KALA-FM, St. Ambrose University. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of KALA Radio or St. Ambrose University.